bandwidth for the Weird Things podcast provided by Wired Tree. For sites of any size and world-class customer service, head on over to wiredtree.com. Hello and welcome to After Things. I'm Adrian Main, joined by Justin Robert Young. Hello, Fred. Mr. Brian Brushwood. Yo-ho! And Corey Cranville. Yeah. Gentlemen, so what first up, <laughs> we have a question, and this is from one of our regulars who is, it's been amazing to watch what's been going on with his uh, business, and I'm going to paraphrase this down. Uh, so this is from, uh, this was forwarded to me by, via Bryce, who's still alive, apparently somewhere, somewhere <laughs> in, I have this, like, I have a feeling that, like, he's in, like, Brian, you've got, like, a Scientology bunker, and Bryce is being punished somewhere. I mean, uh, look, he made his own decisions, and he's going to sit <laughs> thoughtfully until he decides to come back. No, look, y- you know, you know, when in, like, like uh, shows you find a character, and they're, like, in some, like, opium den in Tibet or something like that? That's Bryce, but with Taco Bell instead of opium. Like he's literally just sitting in the corner of a disheveled room with just chalupa wrappers on, on Man, either I, side. I, now of you him. got me all hungry. What are you doing? <laughs> so uh, this is a question regarding. Uh, so again, this is from uh, David, who has been doing these uh, really kind of cool. He teaches like 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 kind of like uh, like music tabs and stuff. I'm going to get my terminology completely wrong because I am a complete idiot when it comes like to music. A guitar tablature, right? Yeah. Holy copyright canary, Batman. The last two years, I've seen incredible growth on Patreon. Just hit 6,000 followers, making educational guitar content, videos, YouTube, custom sheet music on Patreon. I just ran into my first DMCA headwinds, specifically for 20% of my song lessons. I took down the offending post and all is well again for now. My questions... Should I assume this is likely going to happen again and adjust my strategic course accordingly? Or might it be wise to wait low and see uh, see so that I can preserve my growth engine? Um, he says, I've been in touch with the leading vendor in the sheet music publishing space who can happily license my song PDS, provided they're only sold in their online stores, which is downsides, DRM, lower commission, but would be but would allow me to be in a good graces of law and order my and lower my risk. Given my goal is to go full-time next year, doing things by the book sounds hugely appealing, even if it means having to do the work to adjust my customer messaging, tweak my value proposition, pricing, et cetera. Curious your thoughts and uh, additional context below. But I think we could probably go from there. Um, so if, if, if I remember correctly, the the emailer's profession is by doing YouTube guitar tab tutorials, right? Or is he doing that? Yeah, and then, yeah. and then his 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 product is go to my Patreon and you will get the the written out tabs. Yeah, as much as I understand it, all I know is songwriter holders or agencies representing them are like, hey, this is violates our stuff. Take this down. And he's like, he do has. I lay low or do I work with a company that has the licensing to sell these things? Um, oh, he's in the chat right here. So yes, video lessons are free. The PDFs are the premium offering via Patreon, and thus far, the things that got flagged were video lessons for 
roughly 20% of his offerings, which he pulled down. Uh, yeah, which, by the way, means uh, if you got a takedown, that just means you have to pull them from YouTube. It doesn't mean that you have to set fire to them and they vanish forever and ever. Um, the uh, here's, here's one thing I know is whether or not David can beat Goliath is a fine question, but I know that both parties bothered to show up. They didn't just hide and let Goliath, like, <laughs> they didn't just hope Goliath was going to go away. Like, uh, uh, who's to say whether or not you'll get a powerful attorney on your side or a powerful agent on your side, but you need someone who is not you to who speaks this language because if you are gifted at uh, making YouTube videos and tablature arrangements, then by definition, you probably are not a gifted lawyer as well uh, or a gifted agent. And so you should get literally just anybody on your behalf to uh, to, to play ball and then find out what, oh, what you get. Wait a minute. He, so he's in the chat saying that it was 20% of his Patreon posts. Uh, so so the DMCA came in through Patreon. It wasn't an automatic thing on, on YouTube. He says he left them on YouTube. Uh, so that is something that's interesting because I I... I don't think that there is any uh, programmatic DMCA stuff on Patreon. I think that requires Patreon to actually get a DMCA thing, and then they manually serve it to you. Man, that's bonkers. Yeah, um, Patreon sent it from the Musical Publishers Association of the USA. Okay. I mean, I wonder. I wonder. Uh, I wonder if you'd be any trouble. I guess the perception is, is that you're selling sheet music that is, uh, of copyrighted materials like, uh, uh, that somebody else owns. I wonder if you just quote unquote gave it away or, or had a mystery bonus pack for anyone at a certain tier. And then you just gave them, you know, all that stuff, quote unquote for free. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think number one, uh, let's, let's, let's start here. None we are not the, lawyers. We don't know Jack about <laughs> But on this one, this so, is why I'm like, saying uh, uh, have have a rep of some variety. Yeah, just literally anyone. Do not trust yourself. Most certainly, do not trust us three clowns. Yeah. So that being said, uh, if this is coming, I initially thought that this was something that came to YouTube, which uh, you could presume happens for any number of reasons because of the the automatic flagging. Yeah, or automatic whatever. flagging. Yeah. If it came through. Patreon. That means that you are on the radar of somebody that is is does not believe you are legally in the right to sell those PDFs, and they are going after the end of your uh, uh, monetization chain. My thought is, if you have done part of this research, which it sounds like you have, and you found an avenue for which you can partner with somebody else, and they can sell it, and they have some carve out. Uh, uh, by whatever license they they have, either a investigate why they have whatever blessing from the the music uh, copyright gods and see whether or not you can be blessed in a similar manner, or b just say all right, I'm going to take less money and I'm going to adjust my value proposition. I'm going to uh, uh, leverage my YouTube a uh, uh, celebrity to cash in on this other end uh, I, I would say instead of the patreon or in addition to the patreon just tweak what you're giving people on patreon um i would speculate that you could also change your actual entire um 
format into something that comes like, don't forget, uh, you can get a private lesson for me. Private lessons are 30 minutes long. I give you my full attention. I answer your questions. And then I give you everything I've ever done. Bye. Yeah. Private lessons are a hundred bucks a piece. Hope you buy one. Yeah. Schedule it for whenever. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's certainly more time intensive, uh, but you could also just do the back end of what Brian said and just like, Hey, would you like everything I've ever done? Right. Wait, right. Well, it, it, it would, I, I guess I'm couching I guess, it as, I guess maybe as an extra gift or sure. whatever. Yeah. But I mean, maybe you can do a, another, a bonus video or Man, something. This, something, this something is all, we're, we're, just, we're just straight up giving legal advice. Let's <laughs> I mean, not we, give we, legal advice. Yeah. We are not lawyers. We can't, we can't. This is after <laughs> we realize we shouldn't give out legal advice things. So, uh, uh, yeah, don't call a lawyer that rocks. Yes. I alt is just do the legal path. Just the, the, the problem with the lawyer path, a lawyer is going to tell you generally a good lawyer will tell you do the legal thing. Yeah. And then you're like, cool, buy thousand dollars. Yeah. And, uh, versus if you're like, if you want to bring in a lawyer, cause you say, you mentioned fair use, then like, then you got to say, okay, I'm going to have a lawyer on retainer and help me fight these fair fight these things because they'll come at you and i'm yes. not saying don't do that but if you're like you know what my business model could probably work better like you could try the lay low the problem is if they hit you hard and you wake up one day and you've been slammed if and i would i would seriously investigate finding the legal the most legal option to do that um because like I said all a lawyer can do is they can give you an opinion or they can help file a case for you or defend a case yeah I, three things and and that's why I, I would take very seriously whatever avenue you found where you would be selling your work to somebody else that says that they have the the clearance to do it. Uh, but I would also investigate what their clearance is. Like like is there like an yeah. ASCAP license or something like that that they have that gives them the, the 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 right to do it? Is there some way that you know they work out royalties with uh, uh the 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 rights holders? I, I have no clue what that world is. Uh, I would I would say it is worthwhile for you to investigate. Yeah, I mean, I, my point: if you're not gonna, if if you just want to take the the legal path and do that, if you want to bring a lawyer, there's you know, a link has a suggestion for a lawyer you can speak to to see about you can get an opinion. But I've gone to like I've had lawyers before about copyright stuff, and I've gotten advice before like, yeah, no, go do what you're gonna do. They will send you a cease and desist. That'll work in your favor in this case. Um, but when you're in actively, I guess Ilink, the case is here. He's getting these cease and des he's getting these shutdown orders now. You know, you are a proactive, like it within my rights to go do this sort of thing. He's getting told, no, you've got to do this. So if he continues to do this, he will. Yes, he will need to he's, regain. He's, you know, want to retain a lawyer. He's know? also getting them through Patreon, which which yeah. is 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 a additional problem because Patreon can at a certain point say, hey, we've gotten too many of these. We're not here to harbor copyrighted the sale of copyrighted material. We're going to cancel your account and we're not going to give you any recourse on how to get it back. Yeah, yeah. So it's like you do. Yeah. If you want Patreon to be a part of your monetization strategy for anything going forward you do have to be mindful of that because there is no recourse if they just say bye-bye i would also download all of your email addresses like immediately immediately uh yeah, yeah. i i would also often. possibly create a golden platinum diamond elite club where they pay you directly over paypal uh and <laughs> what do they get uh they get your warm wishes and access to your super secret inner tier email group 
but yeah. Brian, you're not talking me out of the idea there's a bunker somewhere on your compound <laughs> with Bryce inside of it. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. Uh, look, uh, uh, stay on the right side of the law is number one i think like if if if, uh, if 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 anything that we say resonates then then you do not want to do anything that puts you on the other side of the law uh now oftentimes this part of the law is weird and especially on the internet exactly where that law reaches can oftentimes be fuzzy but if you're getting what what worries me is that initially when andrew read this i thought it was to youtube and that happens all the time for right. a billion that's, different that's reasons. Automatically flagged and triggered, and and there are bots that that call yes. other bots on the phone, and it, they have it, their bot conversation, and they decide <laughs> screw humans. And if this came to if this came to Patreon, you are on a, a a a spreadsheet you do not want to be on, and it is a spreadsheet that will eventually, you know, that that's that's a far bigger problem you are on a you are on a much a radar you do not want to be on if they sent a thing to patreon so uh Ilian brings up a great point here Substack, and one of the things i want to talk a little about is i moved every i moved my entire email list i was paying you know 150 bucks a month whatever you know and brian i know brian laughs at me but brian my email list is just to like say hello you know, uh, and my email is just like, I use maybe I do like one email every couple of months or something. Um, I don't use that frequently, but MailChimp makes you pay a lot, even just to have your email on there. They have a pay as you go plan, but it gets more confusing. So I downloaded all of my email addresses and then I put them onto Substack and I pay zero a month and I get it have a email that works as a blog and works as an email and send things out and I could create other ones. So I created two new ones, one that's really focused just on writing another one that's on AI. I think that for me, I just want a different outlet to be able to reach people. But what I love about this and the advantage of Substack is pointed up by link was that with Substack, you can have, download those email addresses anytime. If tomorrow Twitter decides to block your account, you got nothing. You know your your audience. You're completely disconnected from your audience, and Name that's what's happened. Name one forty fifth president of the United States that that <laughs> happened to. Fair point. I can't because <laughs> I forgot his name because it's been erased. Uh, apparently, can't even be on appear in a YouTube uh, Facebook video. Um, nothing scary here, folks. Everything's fine. So I think that we live in a you know a world where that's the power of companies can sort of say like, yeah, know what? Uh, you're gone. And you're gone. But if you control email, that's harder to get rid of. So highly, highly recommend uh, everybody here, everybody here who has any inkling to do anything creative, whatever, go create a Substack account, create a free account to say, hey, this is going to be my, my cool stuff by me. Put the link in your Twitter. Put your link wherever you want. I put my links. I put two links right on my Twitter, which was for the creative writing. The other one was for AI stuff, which maybe it's confusing to people, but I know every day I'm getting people signing up and who knows what, you know, you might want to be able to do with that in the future. We just, we just listened to David who took his love of music and is turning this into like a real business, a real business that is able to scale. And these things are out there. There are a lot of new opportunities. We're watching journalists and people who cover different topics, creating paid Substack email, you know, accounts that have accounts there where people pay to read their stuff. It's not going to be the answer for everybody, but there are way more ways to monetize stuff now. 
than there ever were before. Uh, all my, my, my top line about Substack is that it feels so much like the early blog meta. Like there are a lot of really interesting people putting a lot of time into the uh, uh, that that world. It, it is a UI that is simplistic in a way that like early blogger and WordPress was simplistic uh, before, you know, the the Squarespace kind of direction kind of took it into more of a like, oh, and also you can sell things and also you can host a podcast and also you can do X, Y and Z. This is purely writing focused. It does a lot of things that I think. Uh, uh, certain other uh, platforms probably should have gotten better at, including expanding tweets automatically to embeds and expanding uh, uh, pictures and making them very easy drag and drop. Uh, in terms of uh, the, the 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 viability of it, I think, I mean, it it makes sense. It makes sense on a level that uh, uh, a lot of online ideas don't make sense in that it kind of has the underwear gnomes of uh, business model of like, you know, get a bunch of people profit. Uh, Substack is pretty simple. It's like for the price of what they have to send out the emails, they've got X amount of people that are going to generate revenue and they take their cut on it. And that's, that's what it is. They handle the the, the processing and, and they are the place where, where it is hosted uh, so is smart. is there a, is there a limit on how many on the free tier of how many emails you can import? Nope. Hmm. <laughs> I mean, how good are they at getting past the spam filters and stuff? Uh, I, I, I get the exact same open rate on Substack as I did on Mailchimp. Now hmm. I don't know. I mean, uh, my open rate's fairly high like it's in the the, the 40s to the 50s mm -hmm. um but then again i'm doing a a pure content play uh you know when i i did one blast for my covid shots equal body shots uh t-shirt that we put out and that was you know in the 25 or 30 range or something like that uh but yeah it, it seems to me to be an identical experience at least by the metrics that they are giving me compared to what uh, uh mailchimp gave me uh but I don't know. I mean, I, I, I don't know if it's great for e-commerce. I, I think that there that's, are a lot that's of... That's the part that I suspect, like, they'll... they'll. Mm -hmm. I suspect that they will not go to bat for me the way MailChimp will. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I think MailChimp also offers a lot of bells and whistles in terms of A-B testing and staggered, like, releases and stuff like that, where I think uh, uh, it is optimized for a store in in a way that you use your uh your your, your mailing list but if you're just doing some newsletter content, content yeah like and that's really what it they're they're the, they went out and didn't go get adidas and supreme and and all these other like brands that use e-commerce they went out and got journalists uh and they wound up getting them at a discount because uh they had been canceled right right <laughs> so like they were able to go and say, hey, here's, they didn't even pay them bonuses. They advanced them. And they said, all right, here's $250,000 advanced. So uh, we'll take that amount of subscription money. And then if you out earn it, that then we'll have a split past then. And they've been able to build a pretty well-read roster of, of folks. Now, obviously they had, there's a culture kind of war within that. Uh, but in terms of it being a viable business thing, man, I'll tell you what, I think we are getting into an age 
of post, not opinion, but like post hot takes only kind of culture where like what Substack has really rewarded is like, give me information, right? Give me facts. Like takes are good. A great take is still a great right. take. Give, uh, uh, if it ain't got footnotes and hyperlinks, then it's not real information. But it's like, I found a dude who literally was just a voice that I really trusted in. He was like an amateur COVID numbers analyzer. And I liked the cut of his jib. I liked his, his perception of how he cut the numbers up and displayed them to me. And boom, I just became a, $4.99 followers so I could get two emails from him a week as opposed to one. <laughs> and that was like, that's a great model for like citizen journalist knows what his value is and he delivers it. Uh, it's yeah, it is a very, it's not as sexy of a space is like when people talk about NFTs or stuff, but when you are a person that has information like that, or, uh, you know, I, you know, a lot of what I do in AI involves like prompt design or something. And I, I, the stuff that you had to talk to these language models, which I make my stuff available everywhere, but I could see somebody who was developing really cool things or code solutions say, Hey, I'm going to have a sub stack where I'm going to charge X dollars a month. And every month you're going to get this really cool thing of a tutorial or whatever that I've explained out how to do. And I think there's a lot of value there. There's so much value for that. I have yet to see, and maybe it's happening, but I think that for people writing fiction, it's a great way to do serialized storytelling because I think that you can have an audience there. And we've seen uh, Amazon just is announced Kindle Vela, by the way, which is now a new platform where you can do serialized. It's an app that'll be serialized storytelling where people pay in tokens to read the next chapter, which is another avenue for writers. That's there. And then uh, Apple podcast, paid podcasts. Yeah, follow this. I I I, I have uh, uh, Spotify also made an announcement about being able to do uh, uh, you know paid podcasting. They're also changing a lot of the, the 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 verbiage. So now we will not tell people to subscribe. Uh, we will tell people to follow. Um, and uh, uh, because subscription will now mean a paid thing, right? Uh. But yeah, I mean, I think, look, there's, there's a, a wise woman, I think, told uh, uh, Brian and I a long time ago, uh, don't argue with your audience on how they want to pay you. Right. Let give them, them give... all the avenues. Right. Make it as easy as possible for them to give you money. Yeah. Oh, put a lot of buckets in the ocean. And even if some of them gather a little bit and some of them gather a lot, you're going to be very happy that you had a lot of buckets in the ocean when you pour them all in one pot uh, for, for what your take home is. Uh, I would say, I don't know exactly. I still can't figure out how to get my, uh, how to get politics, politics, politics under con my own control through Apple Connect for whatever reason. I think I, I forgot how I initially tried to set it up. But uh, what is Apple Connect? Is that? That's Apple's dashboard that shows got it, you got it. Apple podcast numbers. I presume that's also where they're going to handle. So you don't this. know your numbers. <laughs> I know. I know from my end. Right. Like the numbers that you doing, care about, including and, and, and how much it, it separates yeah. out how many Apple listeners I have. Got it. Um, but when I figure that out, uh, uh, I do know my Spotify stuff. So like, I'll be able to say, Hey, 
if you want to give me money through uh, uh, Apple, if you want to give me money through Spotify, uh, then you can. I don't know if it'll ever be worth it for me to offer exclusive stuff through there in the way that I offer exclusive stuff through Patreon. Through Patreon, yeah. but uh, maybe. I mean, I guess that would also I would be more likely to do it if Patreon just served as my as my one stop shop to be able to do that. But who knows where this is all going to uh, uh, evolve to? I, I, I all I will say is that whenever I think about saying like boo apple doing this or boo spotify i just have our wise friend say like why are you denying another bucket in the ocean that's going to collect you money right even if it's three people that for whatever reason feel more comfortable doing it there and not getting anything in return no that is uh one of those as soon as we have uh you know a couple of spare minutes to rub together it's like it's uh, the modern road channel has done very very well on tiktok it is a crime against the world that we're not like we just can't spare one human being to carve out this material and take uh, and plant seeds in this fertile territory. That's something that I want to fix very, very quickly. Um, yeah, it's a uh, uh, and plus there's a a project that uh, that I'm involved in that's about to launch, and so uh, this this topic might be a little bit too precious to me right now to fully. Uh, think through in an act to talk things. about monetization. Yeah, and, yes, correct. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I mean, uh, uh, look, it, it's. I think to Andrew's point of even uh, of bringing this up, part of what's exciting is that you know, Brian, you've often said, you know, the middle class rock star is something that the internet can provide for, and holy crap, is that more of a reality now? The more. That you've that 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 you have the ability to monetize and also monetize without advertisers, right? Because that was always the promise or the 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 way that the internet wanted to solve everything was like banner ads, dynamic ads, right? Yeah, first it was banners and then it was dynamic ads and then it was ads that find you all over the internet. And now not only are you seeing the fight between like Apple and Facebook about the the denial of of some of that data uh you know that that they use to find you but also that never really was a great money play for the little guy it was it was it's a big money play if you're a big person serving those kinds of ads and certainly on YouTube the ad money at a certain level adds up to something that, you know, is, is a car payment or something like that. And, and can be a lot more if you're a massive uh, 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 success, but the big money has increasingly, even for somebody like you, who's got 2 million plus channels in direct payment in, in either selling something directly to your consumer or them going on a Patreon. Like that is where the money is. And now you've got so many tools to do it, even just starting out. Yeah. That's it's sort of the thing that we're finding now is that the kind of the law of very large numbers, when you reach a certain scale, you like often you people went to the ad model because nobody wanted to pay. You know, and somebody like, oh, I had a thousand people visit my blog yesterday. And like, well, it's not really a lot because that's a lot of bots. It's a lot of people like, oh, no, this isn't what I want. And then you, you whittle it down to how many people and you started looking at statistics. How many people read the full article? It's like, ah, 50 people. So yeah. you've got 50 fans there. But when that becomes 50 or 500 or 5,000 people that really follow everything you do, 
well, yeah, there's a number of people willing to reach for their wallet and say, I will pay for this. I think that was the problem early on is people didn't think, no, nobody wants to pay for anything. It's like not as many people were paying attention to you as you thought. Yeah. And, and, and that was the hard thing. But there were cases where I remember watching niche blogs that had really, really high numbers that could sell like some of the Mac rumor stuff that really had tremendous numbers were selling their own advertising and doing really well by it. I mean, they yeah. didn't understand how to scale. Uh, and they realized they were kind of early on to realize like, no, if you have a real dedicated audience, like money is there. And now there's so many other ways to capture that. And it is, it is good. Like, yeah, moving away from the ad model. It's just, that was just one of these things. If you did the math, you realize like every day there's going to be X number more things competing with people's attention and the revenue that you will get is going to decrease. And it's just that slope versus if, if you're providing value, find the ones that like the value and make money. Absolutely. So, uh, so pro and con to the Apple, the Apple podcast saying they kind of want it to be special content for Apple. Doesn't mean it has to be a completely original show, but at, you know, they want it to be ad free or something unique or special. The advantage of getting onto a platform very early is that is sometimes where opportunities can make Joe Rogan, one of the first comedians to start doing a podcast and to realize that, he just needs to have interesting conversations and be himself. And this guy's become, you know, a not not just a leading health expert, uh, but has become a. <laughs> it's, it's, I think you know when you get criticized, it's like, hey, I'm an effing imbecile. Like, don't listen to me. You know, like that's a great defense. Um, so, I I would like to just demonstrate a a flow chart. Uh, did you hear an opinion? Yes. Was it from somebody affiliated with the UFC? Yes. Don't pay attention to it. <laughs> like, unless it's about fighting professionally in a cage, like, then anything else with a grain of salt. Whenever a yeah. UFC fighter has a political opinion, ah, grain of salt. Yeah, if it's about kicking somebody in the face, listen to them. They, they know a lot about kicking somebody in the face. So being being early and consistent can be helpful. Sometimes there are people who are pre-YouTube who are doing video on the web, but the problem they had was it, the cost of trying to distribute videos is expensive. There weren't algorithms to really promote you or get you there. Being too early on YouTube while people are still trying to figure it out, but after a period of time, podcasting, et cetera, doing stuff consistently over time. And so there is an opportunity, I think, with Kindle Vela and Amazon podcast subscriptions is in Spotify too is uh you know, being there early on, you often get featured if you're doing quality content. You know, I, I had a friend that got favored by the Google Plus gods. Yeah. And boy, man, that was, that, 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 was, that was a great run. Those were the <laughs> days, my friend. We thought they'd never end. Those Google Plus friends, they always showed up. Uh, yeah. I mean, look, I, I, I would say if, if you are are serious about trying stuff, then then go out, try it. I mean, I don't know. Uh, 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 the Apple Podcast stuff is is interesting. I I have my questions about Apple's commitment to podcasting in general because they don't have a stellar track record. Like podcasting is something that by every uh, uh, metric they should have owned personally for for years decade over a decade ago if if they had not if they had done anything uh in that space uh instead they kept their podcast department to a stout two people i'm <laughs> presuming 
it's bigger these days now that services are a bigger part of their revenue model. And now that is a penny that they want to pick up off the ground. But uh, I don't know. I mean, look, Spotify's doing it. Apple's doing it. They're in competition with each other. Uh, who knows? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it's going to fade, you know, if it's going to, you know, go or whatever. But I do think that if you're thinking about launching something or doing something, might be the worst decisions to make. Hmm. So, don't know. It's exciting. Gentlemen, do you have any picks? Um, yeah, dude. Invincible. It's great. I watched the whole thing again. Uh, you should watch it. Uh, I got a podcasting pick. I use uh, a service called Fireside FM. It's uh, put together by uh, Dan Benjamin, uh, uh, and I like it quite a bit. Easy way that you can distribute your podcast. It's podcast hosting, so another service like uh, 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 Anchor or something like that. Uh, uh, but so far, I've really enjoyed the UI. Importing everything has been pretty easily, uh, pretty easy, and, and you get good data. I watched went and watched through all three of the extended edition lord of the rings which i love yeah. i think they're just cinematically great and i'm like all right let me go watch the hobbit movies again and um funny thing mm -hmm. uh no my opinion did not change ah. uh, I, okay uh, but what's gonna happen what? to oin gloin and the other one <laughs> no you want to know this is worse so i watched the first one made it through cool then i watched the second time one in that river a lot of time in that river in the first one yeah and then i watched the second and i'm like i don't remember a lot of this and i guess i only saw it the once and then i went to watch the, the the desolation of smog like i think i remember parts of it i'm vague and then i go to watch the third one and i realize i'd never watched it oh i never wow. made it that far Oh my God. Uh, I, 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 I never, I'm like, I didn't realize I never made it to the third one. Like, and that I'm like, Whoa, like, uh, if I did, it's maybe it was a movie. I like, I fell asleep in or something. I don't know. Cause like, I literally like, Nope, never seen this, never seen this, never seen this. So, uh, it's, it's stretch. It's, and it, it's it would be fine if the characters looked like characters and not people in prosthetics. And when you watch the behind the scenes and you see the actual actors, I'm like, just give them bulkier shoulders and maybe dwarfify them a little bit. But all of that, it was really a case of like, you see, you're watching actors and stuff like I don't feel like there's a person there. There's a good voice. Yeah. And it kind of but actually make them real people. I mean, I don't know. Not really, literally, people, but they just like I still don't know other names. Yeah, it's funny. And I've read the I've I've read the book. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Corey. Uh, no, it's it's funny because we watched the uh, uh, original trilogy with my daughter, and she's eight years old. Even the extended edition, she sat through all of it, loved it, loved every second of it. As soon as we start watching the uh, the uh, the newer ones, <laughs> um, wow, she got bored really quick. It was just in the first scene, she's like, "What's?" what is happening here? <laughs> I'm like, Hey, buckle up. We got three more of these. <laughs> and it's, it's a beloved book. And I can remember, I've read the book, wrote all the books, but, and I, I'm not like a big, huge, Oh, I know they do it. Look, but like, yeah, yeah, it was, I, I mean, I'm glad I, I actually have like 15 minutes left 
you know, because like I kind of we had an ending, but I think no, I I made it through. I did make it through. I'm sorry, I did finish it last night. I mean, um, look, it was when when they were gonna split the Hobbit into two movies. Everybody was like, oh Jesus, that's stretching, stretch it. Two movies, not a long book. It it's got a couple cool parts in it, uh, uh, but I think it's got like two cool parts in it. So you're just gonna save the two parts for the two movies? Oh. Uh, Okay, and then uh, uh, what's his butt settled his lawsuit with New Line Cinema to to bring him back to do The Hobbit, and then all of a sudden The Hobbit became a trilogy because they wanted to make the most amount of money that they could because it was another Lord of the Rings thing, and it's like, yeah, like everyone I, saw that coming. Well, remember Guillermo del Toro was supposed to do it, yeah. and then the three. Here is my crit of this was like they, somebody mentioned like the 45 minute dishwashing scene in the beginning. The problem is that it's a lovely book. It's a lovely book. And they wanted to make a trilogy, which means you've got to then change the story. And you can't just try to do the literal part of that book first. Like, give us young Thorn Oakenshield. Give us this story, not flashbacks. Like you, there is much of our criticism, Falcon Winter Soldier. There's a way to tell the story, but you have to tell a story. Yeah. And not, you know, so. Do uh, you know about Amazon, right? In Lord of the Rings, yeah, like a billion dollars they're putting into the. Uh, oh yeah, uh, yeah, it, it, to to essentially series? buy the world, but none of the plots. Like, uh, yes. they like they're buying a player's handbook for D anD. d They paid one hundred and fifty million dollars for no, it, and now they get to make. Jeez, uh, wow, it's, it's bonkers. Although, like, but now they're kind of they also bought themselves to be free of like you screwed up the thing. Like yeah, but can... what I'm I'm reading like uh, Raymond Feist right now, the magician. Just kind of get into. It. I'm like, oh, I'm digging this. Like, like that's cool IP. I'm like, that's got elves and stuff and cool IP. The Witcher was great IP. Like yeah. Witcher, like oh, when's the Witcher next season? Witcher? <laughs> I want the next Witcher yeah. season. I I loved season one. That was great. That's like yeah. the best fantasy thing on TV since Game of Thrones. Like Game of Thrones right. was this. They didn't pay two hundred fifty million dollars of the rights to that, and and but. What they did, they'd pay a lot though, and they got this great story, this great thing to lay a story on top of, and that's part of the problem. Is it's like video game stuff, like ah, oh, we'll we'll tell a story in this world. But what's the story? Ah, eh, we'll make one up because our writers are just as good as these guys who wrote these things, which you know stood the test of time over fifty years. That's my fear about the Amazon thing. Like, so what did you buy? You like to use the names of stuff that other fantasy writers have created their own versions of. You don't get the stories. So you're just gonna I hope it works out, but like you're just gonna throw a bunch of TV writers in a room and they're gonna make an epic as I, good as Lord of the Rings. Uh Disney Plus is on the line. They would like to talk to you about how difficult it is to uh, do something with a world and none of the characters. Although they they I mean, look look how many stumbles they had with the 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 individual movies and the the new trilogy or whatever before we finally got to the Mandalorian. Uh they bought a world. And then they just, you know, kept wanting to say, remember those other guys? They were cool. Yeah. And then uh, we'll see, you know, that you know what they're working on, right? Uh, friggin' five different spinoffs of the one. No, six... fantasy, fantasy. Do you know what fantasy thing they're doing? No. Willow. Oh, yeah. No, I, I don't want to talk the about this anymore. The beloved great fantasy movie, Willow, that was... <laughs> It's one of those things you like because you're a kid. And Wake it was me up when there's a, an expanded Time Bandits universe. That's what I want. Oh. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. Cut it off before kill the erection swells. 
Remake. Time Bandits remake. Because oh, they were supposed to be one of the. All right. It's been TV. Apple TV is doing the Time Bandits remake. Oh, I don't know how to feel about that. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh. And they, uh, they got Taika Waititi to work on it. Oh, never mind. I know exactly how to feel about it. All right, quick, say, say the thing. I have to go. Yeah, he's got to write and direct the pilot, but this is 2019. God knows what's going on. So, it's uh, any other fix? Anything else? It's been after. Yeah. The Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program.